You know, it's hard for me to just start the show sometimes when Ken's out here just vibing and tickling them ebonies and ivories. I just like, yo, Kentron, just pay. We don't need to listen to my annoying ass voice, dude. Just keep playing, dog. Just grooving. I appreciate all y'all hanging out with us right here for another edition of the podcast. Yes, dude, wherever you're at, I appreciate y'all. You could be anywhere in the world and you are tuned in with us right now if you're watching this. Or you listen to this, we appreciate you. We are everywhere now, dude. We're everywhere, like Apple Music and Spotify and Amazon and, and podcast wherever, HQ, whatever, dude. We're here. Shout out to the Illion, shout out to Universal Studios, shout out to Kentron in the building. And I want to give a huge shout out because this is kind of like, a, it's, it's kind of should have happened a while ago and I'm surprised it hasn't. I've been on his show uh, a couple years ago. Um, He's sitting next to me right now. I'm kind of honored, dude. He just released a book. He's an, a, a, a producer, a musician, a, a executive. He's out here running content on major media outlets. I'm talking about the one. Is he high right now? Yeah, I give him a joint. The, uh, the stone, Noah Rubin, baby. How you doing? Not the tennis player either. Not, the, not to be confused. Yeah. This guy's all up in my SEO, you know? It's like, fucked up, dude. It's kind of fucked up. I mean, it turns out, I thought Noah Rubin was like not a common name, but it turns out like there's Noah Rubins everywhere. He's like a, a, a world champ, dude. Junior Wimbledon champion. Yeah. That's like, that's a lot to compete with. I was like, okay, yeah, so he's gonna cut. And then there's like Noah Rubin doctors, and there's Noah Rubin, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, there's like a dermatologist here yeah. and there, you know what I mean? But then you do like Noah Rubin weed, and then like you see <laughs> all these accolades. And, and I started like, you know, I was chilling a little bit. I didn't do too much. We're just going off like memory right now. No notes, dude. You worked with like Wu Tang. True. And you work with like Bubba Sparks, dude. True. And you work with so many artists on the East Coast and the a lot, South. A lot of East Coast and the South, yeah. Then you were a part, I'm gonna get into all of this because this is a whole lot. And you were also uh, worked on the Mary Jane platform, which help, was help Snoop Dogg's media, yeah. cannabis media, which, you know, I was on a couple times. Yes. And you uh, now are an author and you released a book on how we roll. I have a book coming soon. Oh, well, Everyone's I see it in front a, of me. Uh, you see it in front of me because you are a fucking VIP. What? Can I, wait, can I curse on this show? You I, can say whatever the fuck you want. Oh, I like the sound of that. Well, anyway, you're a VIP, so you get to see it in person. This is my first copy. It's like airmailed from the printer. Oof, exciting. In, in India. And, and the rest of them are like on in a shipping container somewhere. Somewhere. Like, who knows? Yeah. October 4th is my release date, though, but you can pre order it right now online. Let's go. For all you sexy pre orders out I there. I know what it's like holding a product that you've been working on, even if it's just like the packaging, or if it's just like, you know, a, a, even like the first sample, you're like, oh my God, this is real life, this is happening. And here you go with oh the complete. My. Oh my. How's that feeling right now? I mean, to to what you're speaking to, it's, it's a big, it's a moment. You know what I mean? Like, it's. It's an idea that's been in your head percolating for however long 
connections like it's you know it's it's a life it, you know it's like two literally two years in the making but also a lifetime in the making as i kind of alluded to earlier because you know it's not just that i sat down and decided i'm gonna write it but it's all these amazing people who i reached out to to say hey come you know help me out give me you know let me know how people get down where you're from in egypt in the uk in mexico wherever like i wanted everyone to know that this this movement is coast to coast it's worldwide and and there's a lot to learn about its history and and the importance to you know what we what we're doing today comes from somewhere the culture the culture man how and everywhere is different and this so it's basically showcasing how people roll in different parts i mean that's part of it like it's about it's about learning new ways to roll if you if you've mastered rolling there's new ways to roll to keep you interested in it um if you are inspired by heavy heavy rolling personalities people in the world of weed like yourself but also like a tommy chong or a wiz khalifa they have their own stories to tell about what rolling they're has, famous what yeah what the famous people. i'm just a regular guy who smokes weed i don't know adam mills adam mills famous to me adam mills famous to me that's what matters. stop please um but yeah, no, so there's lots of elements of it. It's, it's about learning how to roll. It's about learning the history of rolling. It's about understanding rolling from around the world. It's about having fun. There's a lot of just like fun, dumb shit in there just for all of us. You know, you can open it up at any page and like just have a moment. You know what good, I mean? Yeah, just a good little coffee table, put it up, easy, open it up. Easy, And it's, you know, it's it's like, it's hardcover. It's like a sexy, sexy little yeah, book. You know looks, what I mean? Yeah, it makes you look smart yeah, having yeah. books in your house. The cool thing about having a small book is it's always on the top of the pile. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it won't end up on the bottom of the pile. Listen. It always ends up on the top of the pile. Did you think of that or is that I just how Honestly, it I didn't think of it. And then my, my <laughs> publisher, kind of snuck up on me it was like oh yeah that's the size and i was like oh that was that's smaller than i thought but then i talked to my boy phil leeds shout out to phil leeds he put out uh an amazing book with rizzoli uh, a few years back that were all portrait photographs um and his book was a small format and so i talked to him a few weeks back because he's also in the weed game and he was like oh yeah the dope thing about doing a small book is actually you're always on top of the pile and i was like i literally never thought about that that's so i never literally that's never so thought crazy of it i was like he's like yeah i went to this like ill book collector's house and he had like floor to ceiling books and like they're like the illest most collectible art books ever he's like my book's on top because it's small yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people all just grab that one totally. and it also fits in a bag a little fits side in a bag, bag. Yeah. i mean you almost put that in a pocket yeah but yeah i mean look you know you can why don't you can open up a page you can just find find a vibe and we can talk about it if you what? want to yeah, available soon what movies where the adults smoke a joint or two damn so you got like references of, of well, culture pop, pop culture shit referencing weed all the way back to like 1980 the late 1900s dude <laughs> what? so it's just like so you can get like trivia from here you can learn Yo, things. this one this one is great I don't, I what's got, your astrological yeah, sign i'm a pisces i pulled up right to it is that a sign okay so what go back two pages you'll see the intro to that segment okay one two because it's all about what is it about what to roll according to the stars? Dude. Astrology. Astrology. What? Yeah, I love the wordplay. You know what I'm saying? In insights, bro. So we're, we're talking to the stars. We're talking to the earth. We're talking to the celebs. We're talking to friends and homies around the world. We're just trying to bring the world of rolling to life in every way, shape, and form. That's amazing, dude. So what got you to wanting to make a book about... I mean, part of it, part of it, honestly, Adam, and you know, because you were on my show, but it was like, you know, I did over a hundred episodes of that show and I would have people from all different places doing music, doing comedy, you know, you meet people from everywhere and you smoke with them and you realize, hey, 
the words that you're using and like your style of rolling up is something that I may not be totally familiar with. So I started kind of getting this, you know, like Rico Nasty came on the show. She's from the DMV, Detroit, Maryland, yeah. Virginia. She's the rapper. Yeah, sheets and, sheets and funnels. They roll sheets and funnels. And I was like, what's sheets and funnels? It's like a rolling paper. Like with, a cone? No, it's 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 a way that they roll. They call it sheets and funnels. And it's like a, it's basically a spliff, but they're using uh, frontal leaf okay. in the in the spliff. Okay, so instead taking, of using like cigarette tobacco. Shredded, instead of shredded, it's like shredded they're using fronto. real leaf, they're yes. using frontal leaf, but in the, in, in the, the joint. In the joint. So it's like you got your square rolling paper, you got your square piece of frontal leaf in there, and then you put your weed in there. So it's like an inside so, out blunt with a. So paper. it's like a mix. So it's not like they're putting it in the. No, it's two pieces of paper. So you got your rolling paper, yes. and then you got like a fronto, fronto it, yes. flat in there, and then you got your weed, and, and then, then you roll it. it. That's the sheets and the funnels. Mm. And you know, of sounds there's, delicious. There's a hundred, there's a hundred variations on it too. You know what I mean? Some some people, it's more like a, you know, more like a spliff with frontal leaf, or it can be all anyway. So something like Rico rolling through and putting me on that little nuance, yeah. and then multiply that times the number of people I was meeting when I was working with Snoop and hosting that show. You know, it's just that you realize how many different flavors there are. And like, these things are, who's written about sheets and funnels? Is that in a book? Yeah, can I, I, yeah, can so I even Google that? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? This information is not everywhere outside of my, my, my stoned ass that's like smoked weed with whoever and maybe one entry on Urban Dictionary. Yeah. That's like it. That's it. So and I figured, I, and, I, and that kind of shit like gets me fascinated. It's just like, I thought it would be cool to take all those little nuances yeah. that I've picked up from you know, whatever, artists, musicians, just cool people I know from different places around the country and around the world, put them all in one place so we can kind of understand better how that manifests in, in places that may not be where we're coming from, um, just to connect Let's us go. all on, yes. on a higher level, you know? Yes, don't Google it, read about it in a book. Yeah, how about that? What? It's much better. When we do How We Roll 2.0, we're gonna put blunt rosin in there so people know. About blunt rosin. Totally. Well, I mean, it's, it, it's <laughs> blunt rosin. I'm open to that. I do, but I think it's important that you say that because even just blunts, like you can find how to roll a joint. But like the idea that you're like, there, I don't think anyone's written in a book about it. I mean, there's, to roll a blunt. I mean, there's like, but it's, there's different leaves. There's different techniques. There's different variations. Our boy, you know, uh, my boy Roll BMC like does it, but I don't know if he put it in a book yet. But there's like different ways to roll like cigar I cover, books cigar. i cover that yes because the different ways are based on the different things we roll with so yes. it's like you have like a white owl or a philly yeah or that's a vega like, or, or a, a, a swisher or, yeah or yeah. a dutch or a, a backwood yeah. or a fronto right or so a brother's broadleaf baby oh you know, whatever whatever you got to get down with is, is what you got to get down with but the point is it says something about our place it says something something about our crew this guy's plugging product you know what i mean no no it's my boys no no and I, the and, best leaves. and it's all about it's all about looking out that's for that's awesome lives. dude so yeah. how how did you get into Canada how was little Noah Rubin how were you where were you east coast you, you east yeah coast. I grew up outside of Boston um and uh, I moved to New York as a teenager how was that did you like leave a lot of friends this is pre no no it was it was I, I had started dating a girl that lived in Manhattan that I had met at summer camp like Ooh, a nice Jewish summer camp nice. in Maine okay I met a girl who was my first girlfriend in high school and she her mom lived on the Upper West Side. So my dad would give me like 20 bucks to get Is on the Upper bus. West Side money? Upper West Side is like kind of like nice upper middle class. Okay. It has good jobs, but not like not like rich Wall right. Street types, more just like 
you know, works at Columbia University. So your dad's like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Well, he's like, quit giving me 20 bucks. I get on the bus. I go visit my little girlfriend in Manhattan. I have like a little New York City experience as a young teenager. Uh-huh. Um, you know, going to see music, getting stoned, like when, fucking when, around. Is she the reason you smoked weed your first time? You met her in Jewish... The first time I smoked weed... Well, the first time I actually scored a big lot of weed was actually at Jewish summer camp in Maine. What? Because my boy had come up from New York. That kosher kush. Yeah, the kosher kush. Yo, my boy had come up from New York and, you know, this is in the era of, like, nickel and dime bags, but he had brought, like, $200 worth of, like, dime bags from New York City and this is, like, the 90s and he had smoked with some of the other kids that were there. I mean, we were kids. We were probably, like, 11 or something so like that. So pre-bar Pre-bar... P-B-M? Yes, yeah, P-B-M. P-B-M pre-bar mitzvah okay. um, so he had brought a bunch of weed up and he had ended up getting busted and they at were, summer camp at summer camp and so they were and and he was part of like the first three weeks and I was like we weren't on the same I wasn't there at the right. time but he got busted and they were kicking him out of summer camp and he's like yo I'm gonna bury my weed in the forest and you can dig it up and Let's then you'll go. have the weed so he, he legit made a map like a treasure map like in like 11 year old treasure Stop map it. where he's like okay you go to this tree and you take eight steps this way and then you take six steps that way and then there's a rock and you move the rock and you dig down six inches and that's where the weed will be so i legit fucking took this just like you by yourself me solo this is a solo because like, it, you know, it was like criminal at this yeah. point like my boy just had gotten booted out of fucking Did summer anything camp. happen to him or was he just well he was just booted out for the okay. rest they didn't like snitch on him to the police or yeah, something. Yeah. They were just like to call his parents and told them they had to come pick yeah, him yeah. up. So he He's got put in a summer camp. Yeah, he was dealing, I mean, doing drugs at summer camp at that moment in time was definitely, you know, in Maine. It was not like, yeah. not like super, we were not where we are So today. you were already smoking at this time? Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, here and there. I was, you know, 11 years old. I wasn't like a hard smoker, but like I was already like, you know, my dad was a weed head. So like, so he, okay. So I had, you were like growing up. It was kind of around. It was around. I mean, you know, like he never really smoked in front of us. There was a moment later on, which I can talk to you about too, where like I finally got to smoke weed with my dad for the first time, which was incredible because again, also pointing to back to my book, it's like these old kind of like hippie habits that he had where it's like he would always like hold the joint under his nose and like do a nose inhale and i was like yo i was like yo dad like what the fuck is that that's just like some old ass hippie shit like they're like like taking nose hits like that's your like warm-up like i don't even know what that is but you Make know like you don't smell no seeds <laughs> totally totally this alcapulco gold's hitting right yeah. So, uh, so your parents were cool with cannabis. They weren't like anti-cannabis and you were a good, I'm guessing you were a good student. Yeah, no, I was never, I, like I always, my parent, we had like a mutual understanding. Like I always pushed myself to do whatever I wanted to do. And they were like, as long as like, you're, shit's not getting, you're not getting in trouble. And like, you keep us right. posted and you're not in danger. Like, right. you know, my parents let me go to New York city alone as a, a young teenager. Right. Like, you know, the they summer were- summer camp. Yeah. Or to your girlfriend. Oh, uh, to my girlfriend yeah. from summer camp. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, again, stuff like that. Like not every parent like sends it's their, cool put that. their kids on a bus to New York city when they're 14, yeah. you know? Um, so I, yeah, my parents were very just chill. And again, like they didn't smoke weed around the house, but like the worst, the worst they ever said, they were like, my dad smelled weed one time and he walked into my room and he goes, don't smoke weed in the house like, he's, like, he's like he's like just go on the porch dude he's like, take it outside G. I, but again it was it was hard because it was first all i heard was don't smoke weed and then it was like in the house i was like oh, okay right, that's yeah. where that's where the, that was the line that was drawn no, right. don't smoke your mother's gonna be mad if the house stinks like weed so that was that feels feels fairly chill for like a kid growing up yeah so, yeah yeah that's cool so it was around because i i guess 
now that I know what weed smells like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I realized that my dad would smoke. Yeah. And, but I didn't know back then what weed smell was. I just thought like my dad was taking a shit and his shit smelled like a unique <laughs> thing. I was like, damn, my dad's shit smells like skunks, dude. What the hell is this? But uh, now that I'm older, I realize totally. it was. So like, just, I, I get what you're saying about being around. I feel there. familiar with it. Yeah. It yeah. Just, so, so when someone sent me on a mission to go dig up a couple, you know, di 10 dime bags of weed I'm in the forest, it. I'm with that, dude. That's my, I'm in. How was the weed? I mean, for 1990, <laughs> I know this is the mid nineties. I don't yeah, know, not to like, you know, I don't, it's not like I look like I'm 20, but, um, yeah, in the mid nineties. We like the, to say the late 1900s. Yeah, the here. late 1900s. I mean, for me, like, first of all, I was a Boston kid. So like my New York homie dropped his bags. Like that's like definitely the best yeah. weed I've ever been Let me near. get that haze. Yo, bro. I mean, New York city street weed from 95 was definitely better than like suburban Boston I'm sure. street weed from 95. So. Um, I was more than excited to have a that in my mind the most vast quantity imaginable. So what'd you do with all this weed? I stashed it in the basement <laughs> and I fucking figured out how to smoke it and like acted really stupid in front of my parents and my brother was like, Noah, you're clearly stoned and I'm like, dude, shut up. <laughs> Is this an older brother? My, I have a younger brother okay. named Ezra. Um, and he knew. He knew because he, he was always cool. He, he was always cool. We were always we were always you know he's he's only three years younger than me, so we were always basically okay. around each other. Well, and he, he knew what he always knew what was going on. So so you brought it home with you. Yeah, I brought it home with me from summer camp. I stashed it. This is for real. In my uh, I played baritone saxophone in the concert band at school. Okay. You know, like the big saxophone. Yeah. And I legit like stashed it in like the case, like in the Stop saxophone. It. it was a saxophone stash <laughs> of weed, for and, sure. And you were just keep it in the closet. Keep it stashed with the sax. No Man. one's because no one's opening up my sax case. Like, and I'm, you would just take that with you everywhere. Go, dude. I had my stash. <laughs> That's my weed bag, dude. We didn't have cool little fancy bags that we wear today, and okay. everyone's. All but open. it probably was pretty like that, you know, like that <laughs> vacuum type. But like the hard case for a saxophone is pretty tight. So. So is that where like your? Because I I realize. There's like everything you do always involves cannabis. Like you were in music, you were uh, for production companies, you were for media companies, and I feel Dream like magazines. cannabis. Weed has always been there, right? Like so, it's like you know, I so I would say like you know, I had my sort of uh, educational experience, if you will, and then I tried to get into the professional world, like being a music journalist, running magazines, writing about music producers, writing about musicians, writing about technology, um, you know, all these things. And this was for mass. Mass Appeal is the first magazine and, that I was an editor of. Okay, and um, is that the one with Nas? So now, so there's two editions of it because there was an OG Mass Appeal and then it, it went dormant for a little while and then the company I was working for bought the rights to it and made it a thing again and Nas came in. So okay. Mass Appeal as it is, is 100% descended from that early Mass Appeal. But the weird thing is that I was in my early 20s working at Mass Appeal Magazine when it was very early in early days. Startup. And then later, so fast forward 10 years of my career then I worked for Mass again what? as this thing that the company I was working for had bought and relaunched that, that how, how was that was that like like what the this is it was i mean it it was it was a little crazy but it also made sense because uh my very good friend uh and collaborator on occasion sasha jenkins who directs amazing films he's a longtime magazine graffiti guy as one of his deep passions and he was involved at the original mass appeal and then he was who plugged me at this other company where i was running the label and stuff before they acquired reacquired mass appeal. so sasha is always the guy behind the scenes who has made these things happen so you know that he messed with a new organization who then went back and tried to re relaunch this thing he had also been very closely associated with did sort of did make sense ultimately 
were you, is it when you do your music journalism? Is it mostly hip hop? Because I see you worked with a lot of hip hop artists. Yeah, I, I would what? say mostly hip hop. But I think a lot of people. Like, if I'm in a hip hop room, I'm seen as like the rock and roll guy. And if I'm in a rock and roll room, I'm seen as the hip hop guy. That's kind of like You're like a hybrid. I'm sort of yeah. Like I'm, <laughs> and I don't know what that is. But it's like you know, if you look at a lot of the stuff I've done in music or in magazines and stuff like that. Like when I was doing Mass Appeal, I was always like you know there was all hip hop stuff and graffiti stuff. But I would be sometimes writing about some dope new rock band you know what i mean like uh so it, it it you know and then and then on the other coin like sometimes when i'm collaborating with like an indie label you know they're like looking to me to bring in a hip-hop artist to work with one of their like indie rock bands so it's like that is a persistent theme but it's like kind of just about crossing genres and bringing people together that people might perceive as exceptionally different but actually have some commonality that's right. worth tuning into so i see music is a big part of your life just like cannabis true what what brought you to hip-hop who would you discover what was like the first sounds that you remember where you're like oh i love music i'm gonna do something with this i mean i because you, you played sax you, in high school right yeah but also you may relate to this in your upbringing but i was like a, a little jewish kid in like suburban boston where it's like it. all irish people like I, there was like four jews in my whole class it was like Wiseman, Cooperstein, and Reuben. And like, we're like the three Jews in the corner, you know what I mean? So being Jewish felt in some ways, um, I, I had a sense of feeling different than people around me uh, in some fundamental way. Again, because in Boston, like it was not right. like that. It wasn't a community. It wasn't very large at all. Right. Um, and, you know, so like even, I mean, I just really got into rap music at uh, a very early age, like 10 years old, suburban Boston, late 80s. Uh, and then so, somehow, I, I don't, I actually, you know what it was? I went uh, with my cousins in Ohio and we went to a cassette store and my cousins were from Seattle area. And in the early mid nineties, that's like the coolest music area. So they knew more about music than we did. And we went to this cassette store and we bought on the same day, we bought Sonic Youth Goo and Ice Cube America's Most Wanted and like bumped those for a week straight <laughs> back to back to back to back. Um, and then that was like, I was just like, okay, this hip hop is the music that I'm into. And I would like literally read the, I'm like, again, 10 years old, like reading the source magazine in 89, like picking up on what was a cool release and then buying albums and seeing other artists that they thanked and then looking those artists up and finding it. So hip hop was really the first music I super related to. Like obviously the Beastie Boys I was into when I was like a child. Um, and that made sense and it was rap, but it was more like because it was a mainstream thing But then being really into the genre of hip-hop was like a late 80s early 90s thing for me And and again, I just I felt I felt connected to it and cannabis was a huge part of it So I always felt I never thought twice about about that part of it uh, And then as I grew up a little bit, I got more into like hardcore punk and you know Shit like that and then just blending those things too together, you know and just Turning a passion into a lifestyle and yeah, trying to live it. Who was like, because I see you've worked with a lot of artists, you've mixed a lot of music, you've uh, produced tracks. Where's like your first experience? Who was like the first hip hop artist that you were working with? And you're like, oh my God, is this really happening right now? Well, a lot of that happened uh, because I was doing more hip hop or just journalism in general uh in sort of the first stage of my career and then i was a little more focused on producing records uh and running labels and stuff like that uh, and this is all before i was working for snoop um but uh the first time i guess i was like in you know my first journalistic 
assignments, I was like a hip hop producer nerd. So I knew everything about drum machines and samplers and vintage keyboards. Like I kind of had like a weird, like very detailed knowledge of this in like the early 2000s. You still into that? 100%. Do you make beats? Do you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do more like kind of guidance, like creative direction type stuff as opposed to just like literally programming a beat. Um, but you know, I, sometimes I just try to close the door and write a song sometimes and that feels good, you know? What? Yeah, I didn't notice about you, look at it. No, there's some secret, there's some secret stash, bro. So you, so you have, do you have all these gadgets at the crib and you'll just Yeah, sit there? no, totally, yeah. I, I, I feel a very comfortable being surrounded by like, large amounts of like weird vintage instruments like so what else do you play because i know you played sax in high school sax i mean call, starting off with me as a saxophone player is a big overstatement of my musical <laughs> skill on that instrument but like i appreciate it no no but again i i play everything well enough to know that i don't play it that well if you know what i mean like i you got the rhythm you got no no, no i'm good i probably studied the bass the most but i play a little guitar i play a little keyboards i play a little drums i do drum programming i do some mixing you know what i mean like I'm good. I'm good at those things and can definitely make it happen if it needs to happen. But I wouldn't say that by default I'm going to be the best guy in the room. Right, right. You know, you got the skills to make it happen. And I know the difference between it going well and it not going well. I mean, know? working with like Wu Tang, and I know I know uh, 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 Riz is like a crazy producer and sound and being able to work with them and, and handle that. That must have been like it especially was, being from the East Coast. It was cool. It was like it was such a. It was it was like something. You know, it was like one of those, um, you know, setting an intention or just like imagining something to be real and then it becomes real kind of thing. Because I had just, at that moment, stopped doing writing and magazine stuff. And I was like, I want to do music. I want to like not write about it. I don't want to write about music producers. I want to produce music. I want to be in the studio. I want to do the hard work and see what that really is about. Um, and so at that time, I was kind of like... I just was like, I'm gonna work at any studio I could find, and and this studio that a friend of a friend connected me to was associated with uh, Koch Records, uh, E1 Music. You know, they were putting out a lot of big hip hop stuff, like Diplomats, uh, in that moment. Um, and I just kept a good relationship with them and got in the studio and started working with their production crew because making because uh, clearing samples was a real bitch, and being able to record live instruments, being able to record live instruments with a vibe you don't have to play to pay to sample clearance yes, so it's like and i was like the white boy who like kind of like played guitar and like knew how to record bands so like they're like why don't we make some beats where we're just like using live instruments but chopping it and mixing it so it sounded like it had a vibe yes you know? and so that, that was where that came from look yeah. at you that's why we got ken trust in here too so we don't have to deal with copyright issues on music it's all live dude from the setting heart. the vibe from the heart he's just chilling show Dude, the chillest. <laughs> thank you. I want to just take a moment to say thank you, bro. That's a fucking great vibe. The show, no doubt. Yeah, I'm just riding the, riding the waves. I got the show, man. <laughs> keeping the vibes going. <laughs> mission, that, a, mission accomplished, yeah, Mission dude. accomplished. Cantron. Very much liking it. What? So, you've been in the studio working. You made a lot of music. What? You put out a book. Uh, I, my book is about to come out. Really, that's the thing that right now is my biggest focus. I've been doing a little work with um, a label uh, called Royal Mountain. Uh, they just put out a song with an artist named Ev Bird. I put him on a track with this Detroit rapper named Boldy James, uh, who I had worked with when I was doing Decom Mass Appeal Records. And I think the track came out really nice. It got picked up by a few you know, good music outlets and it, it kind of shows some promise 
with this, you know, young artist and collaborating with some cool people. So things like that make me excited. Let me find out you're still out here producing and scouting and helping artists out and putting people on. Hey, like, what? you know, like thought, if you feel something and it feels right, you just do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like... I feel like an idiot because we were watching the episode we did. Uh, it was like three years ago or four years ago. I forgot. And I was talking about a moment where Ray Schrammerd came on stage and I talked to you. I was like, I don't know if you know them, but they're like these rapper brothers. And you're looking at me. I'm like, bro, this fool like comes from music. He like produces shit. I'm fucking idiot. Of course he knows who the fuck Ray Schrammerd is. Not only that, because I was probably like, dude, will you please come on my show? Like, seriously, like, if Ray Schrammerd were on my show, it would be really cool. And everyone's like, uh-huh. No. But Adam Hill came on my show. No, no, please. <laughs> chill, dude. Chill. So what? So what are you listening to right now? Are you still listening? To, if I get into your car right now and we were to go, so what? What's on? Well, I um I still obsessively follow new releases. So like my mo is like every Friday I go to every outlet that I like to read and I go to every music streaming platform that I'm into, and I spend like thirty minutes to an hour being like. Is this interesting? Should I listen to it? And then I make playlists off of that all the time. And then I'm constantly listening to new releases that I've read about or discovered. And then just kind of finding things from there that open my mind to new things. And are these just all genres or are you- Yeah, it's kind of all genres. I mean, it's like every, you know, I, I read, I'm reading, I'm reading rap stuff i'm reading indie rock stuff i'm reading electronic stuff you know like i've i've worked with a lot of different folks in all those lanes so i wouldn't say any of it feels like i know all of it but there's none of it that i don't feel like i know a good amount about it and i like to mix all those things together so like i just make these crazy every month i'm putting in like 600 tracks in the playlist what? from the month and then just like vibing on like shuffling through it and finding shit that's dope. Do you have these playlists available for people to link? Oh, like if you could, right if you could like put them on, be like Rubens, like, yeah, Noah yeah. Rubens, Rubens future, <laughs> future artist alert. Totally could be. Could what? be. Could pay be. a monthly, pay a monthly fee and yeah. see where it's at. Become a VIP. Yeah, limited edition NFT. What? You ready? <laughs> we. <can. laughs> We can make it happen. So what's like a typical day for, for Noah Rubin? What, what are we doing? Well, I'll, I'll tell you right now. I mean, mostly uh, the book has been consuming consuming my life. Like I've been trying to stay on top of marketing it, stay on top of the PR with it. Um, just make sure that it's in places that I think it wants to be. Like the, a couple weeks ago, I went back, went to Chance um, because I think that, you know, my publisher is so good uh, at putting out a quality product like this, but there's not many smoke shops that have a book. Right. And I think this might be a book that someone in a smoke shop would say, hey, that, that's a dope thing. I want that for $16.95, just add it to my card. You know? So things like that, connecting with people in the industry to just expand the reach. I think, it'd be, I think it'd be cool to have them in like, cause you know now, I'm, we're gonna talk about this too, cause I'm sure you've seen that, that evolution of cannabis and how it's got been accepted i put that in air quotes uh uh it's society but uh like there's a lot of lounges opening up there's yes. a lot of like yes. like buildings like networking like cannabis buildings and like having that book on those tables just while people are there and they could see it boom i like it i'm gonna get i gotta get an the adam Hill endorsement i got you we can make it happen do, do you own a cannabis lounge I, no i know a couple places i know you do I trust and I trust the places that you don't. Yeah, there's a lot of work at Oni. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of responsibilities. I'm sure, it's just crazy. There's a lot of things happening in the world right now. And Preach. you know, last time, some lounge opened up and someone claimed they got some type of 
disease they had to shut down and <laughs> lose everything so it's like totally you know having public pieces that you share is kind of scary dude surprised people are just willing to keep putting their mouth on things that 50 other people put their mouth on yeah that could get dirty i mean we're living in the era of monkeypox too so it's like you know i think they're you know monkeypox psa in the cannabis industry like we who, why is the government not funding that right now <laughs> can someone can want someone get the cdc on the phone because i really want to make a cannabis industry monkeypox commercial <laughs> can we pitch that out of them yeah we can make we can make a commercial <laughs> we can make that happen don't get monkeypox folks that's real i mean can you imagine that'd be crazy i went to trans bay and got monkeypox no <laughs> that's stop. a terrible headline <laughs> no one wants that no one wants to hear that bunch of heady wooks over there i know i got monkeypox from a twenty thousand dollar rig how has it been like because i know you were talking about smoking in the late 1900s digging out weed out of the forest in maine and now like we walk down the street with pounds in your hand i see people just like just like it's regular how is that how has that been how is i mean it's why i mean truthfully i honestly feel, honestly feel like when i moved to la like 2015 2016 i was like we're ahead of the curve but now i look at what's going on in new york and how friggin' free everyone is with it like you're open air smoking and selling like literally all over the place now. it was like here five years ago yeah it's and with it, the 215 days yeah 215 days yeah. you know what i mean so it's like it actually feels freer and newer and fresher and more alive i think sometimes east coast nowadays you know like this, it feels like we felt in cali what we thought we were going to feel maybe you know what i mean and now now we kind of realize like back then was actually kind of more yeah like, i missed the 215 days dude. 215 like it was just enough um, it was just the right amount of like involvement maybe too much obviously but compared to what it is now probably feels uh, feels uh i just i just feel bad for the end consumer because now as with like legal cannabis you're not getting that fresh direct from the farmer product because back in the 215 days the farmers used to come directly to the shop straight and bring it i mean one positive that we have is like everything gets tested and we know that that thing is dirty but the fact that now when growers have it and then by the time they send it to a testing to get it tested and then it gets back and then they have to package it and then they send it to a distributor and then the distributor has I'm to already I'm, or, I'm, to or, the I'm already like my brain is just like numb to this at this it's because you can't have a conversation about this without that list that it's the it's this list is like 30 things long that's like all the things that just completely suck about trying to do it by the book yeah and like no one's storing it right and by the time you get it it's just like you're, you're like, getting shit on on the every fucking and then it's 40 percent tax and then you're like what where, the list, where is this traditional spot at where can yeah. i get where's the farmer's market please yo <laughs> I, literally, I, I mean again you know like you go to an event where you see like people and like it's a community oriented thing and like you're able to sample a product potentially like that's a vibe that people should consider because it feels a lot like more like an authentic experience than what you deal with at like a retail shop like the app maybe the apple store isn't where i want to buy weed right you know? i remember like i used to be a butt tender and we would be able to like give samples to the patients coming and they could smoke it right there they're like how is it oh yeah try it boom 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 i mean at least smell a jar of it right like, oh yeah yeah you know what i mean that, that's Touch gone it. finger fuck it. that's gone do what you need to do to it yeah can't do that can't even get can't even oh man it's so crazy you can't even see like a picture there's like you can't even have an image of it you know what i mean like you know it's prohibited of having the image of cannabis on the cannabis that's like literally that's illegal it's out of control right now dude how we sell how <laughs> yeah, we try desperately try one way or the other
What? No matter what. Here, let's, let's do another page from the book. Right. Do another page are from we, the book. Are we still doing media, Noah? I'm down with it. I'm open to it. Uh, I have, you know, with the book coming out, I feel like I'm exploring how I want to think about the next phase of that. Um, Why don't you do a, a page a day on social media and you should just like randomly open it up and be like, a page from how we roll and then bam, Don Richard. And then you just talk about John Richard for and do like a little 30 second thing yeah. and boom. How we roll available right now. Totally. <laughs> Adam Hill is writing my TV commercials right now. I'm, I, I'm glad this is getting on video because actually that might be it right there. That actually, you might have even just done it. Just from like, NOLA to uh, New York on a cloud of cannabis. Well, she came from a southern strict home. Look, if you can find out more. I'm not going to give away the yeah, whole no, no, book. You know, th those, are the, those are the harder segments to like fully. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's but more you of might, an essay. You might, you might like it, though, because you don't know who your profile. You might learn about that's somebody true. and then be like, oh, look, I like this person. Let me, unfortunately, everyone uses the necessary evil Instagram. Let me search them up. And they find them and they're like, oh, I like this person's style. Boom, follow, go on their website, see what they are. And then they support them. Boom. You just introduce a bunch of people to Don Richard. The inside out, backward. Totally. Do you roll all these? Have you tried to? I absolutely, dude. I literally spent so much time rolling every joint in that book. <laughs> I was, just because I didn't want to be a poser, like I was like, I need to be able to roll each of these joints basically well with if I'm going to write about it. Period. So it's like I sat there and I rolled every, I've rolled every joint fifty to hundred times probably because each day I would like write for four hours and then I would come home and I would like roll joints for hours on end until I got it how I wanted it to be. Should I smoke another joint? Oh, this is a good one. What? It's a questionnaire. It's a quiz. That's on a, if you should smoke another joint. If you should smoke or another blunt, joint. Or blunt, or hit, or whatever. Whatever, you, whatever works for you. Whatever it's you're, about unity, guys. Whatever you unity. consume. Unity. Do you have to drive tonight? Ooh. It's an important question. What Ooh. are our options there? The options are, nah, I'm chilling. So that probably means you should. Yes, but I swear I got this. Mm. We all know. We all know. We all know someone like that. We all know someone like that. Dude, where's my car? Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, if you Ubered, then of course, <laughs> or whatever, Lyft or taxi. That's, or whatever. that's true. I didn't consider Uber. What? Look at all these questions. Okay, or... then you got the answer. You should see the conclusion on the next page. You get the answer. So you. That. So every answer. If you answered mostly A's, oh, if you answered mostly B's, right? if you answered mostly C's. But Ooh. look at the conclusion of all three. Uh, you want me? To, okay. Uh, which one you want me? To, if you if you answered A, what's if you answered answer? A to all of them, you are motivated, motivated, enlightened individual with a clear perspective on the world around you. You have infinite potential. You should definitely smoke another joint. Okay, what's number B? You have some growing up to do, but that's okay. We all start somewhere. You should definitely smoke another joint. And what about number C <laughs> or letter C? <laughs> the number C. You have trouble discerning between online horoscopes and real interpersonal advice. This may come back to haunt you later in life. You should definitely smoke another joint. As you can see, no matter where you are, who you are, how you live in, the answer is always you should smoke another joint. <laughs> you got a pros and cons list on spliffs. You got, there's a whole bunch of Everything, fun info. Friend. Yeah. How we roll. Chilling out right here. Noah Rubin, dude. Did you ever think, like, growing up, that you were gonna be, like, an author of a weed book, working with so many hip-hop musicians, and of course, we haven't even touched about it, like, working with everyone. I think he's top three of everyone's smoking list. Snoop Dogg? 
smoking with Snoop Dogg. Yeah, that's a thing. Major. I mean, every Snoop. time you ask someone, oh, who do you want to smoke with? They're like, oh, Snoop Dogg. It's like, well, you know, we've done it. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> how, how, uh, did, did you ever, like, was this, was this ever conceptualized when you're like, Yo, I think I'm that's a, a I think that's a great question. Um, well, and I'm not, like, I'm going to be an author. I'm going to be a freaking fireman. I'm gonna I mean, a- I, I will say, I always, I always felt, I always felt interested in and I was doing these things like someone was asking me earlier today actually about you know just like how did I get into writing and that kind of stuff and it was like you know I actually like when I would go to live music shows and I would like submit my reviews of live music shows to like underground music zines so I was just like I was just like into that stuff from a pretty early age you always liked writing yeah it was just like a way I felt I could share some ideas about experiences I was having. When you had essays in school, were you like, hell yeah? Fuck no. <laughs> Not like that ever, dude. Like, essays never. Dude, I, I, I was good enough to fake it and be good at school. You know what I mean? Like, Is it because essays are basically, you have to write about something you don't give a fuck about? And you're I like, do think that, I think you could teach kids how to write an essay way better if you didn't structure it with topics that had no relevance. Where they don't give a fuck about, like, I, yeah. Not to shit on teachers, because I respect teachers, but no, in seventh grade, I had a teacher that assigned every student to write a seven page paper about the gray squirrel. Like, there's 22 different kinds of kids in a room and everyone's writing about the gray squirrel like it's a squirrel like let someone choose something else besides the squirrel we all had to write the same essay basically all all 20 something of us damn no i don't need that every you gotta let kids explore things they're interested in and express themselves accordingly because they're gonna get they're just gonna be much it's just gonna be much better as a result yeah it's gotta be pertinent to something you're interested can't keep them so, boring again i was excited to write my own music reviews and send them to like little music scenes um, but school, I was I was smart enough to figure out how to do as little as possible and get through of it. Yeah. Through it, I never was a straight A student, but I I did I did my homework, but like just barely. Were you like the teachers know you? Were you like talking a lot and disruptive? Yes, that definitely. Were you like one of those? Yeah, definitely. I was just always, I had an answer for fucking everything. Yeah. Even more than I do now. Like <laughs> now I'm like I'm like well I'm so quiet nowadays. Like compared to like literally before I was just like I fucking never keep my goddamn mouth shut about any. I'm like dude that's like a complete like you're like an off the wall joke that no one is gonna understand. And you're just like yelling it out in yeah. the middle of a conversation. But you know. We entertain ourselves when we're bored in school. True. Yeah. That's you got no choice. I mean, I have I had friends who their way was they just couldn't be part of school. Like education, that structure there was nothing that they want. They had just had to skip out on it. I've always just felt like I can kind of like hack this system and make it so it's not such a buzzkill. Yeah. But like, never really. Got I mean, it was it was really easy. They just tell you what to do and you just got to do it. Yeah, it's kind of it's, it's just kind of boring and, and just monotonous sometimes because you're like, I don't give a fuck about this. Why do I got to write it? Why I got to learn about this? I'm never going to use it. I got calculators now. We got fucking Google. Like, <laughs> totally. I mean, again, the things we do need to know are different than they were even yeah. just 10 years ago, you know? So, you know, keeping keeping up to date with that is, is a big challenge. I think for like... A, they should a, teach a you like how to do taxes. They should teach you like how to... Like, I mean, the idea, the idea that like we call the system an education system and people don't walk out of there with like a very clear understanding of they know like, about the war of 1812 yeah they know the war of 1812 <laughs> but not about like yo someone's gonna evict you and you're gonna get a credit score that's gonna yeah. dictate like everything that you can do and not do in your entire yeah. life like 
That's oppressive, man. Like, that's like really important. Yeah, to how to open a business, how to do the right paperwork, how to file for things. Or they don't tell you any of that shit. Yes, I think that uh, I think the education system could be improved. What? Whoa! I'm not, I mean, I'm not running for office. I'm not here to. I'm just promoting my book, just plugging my book shamelessly. I'm not. I'm not We're gonna check the grammar office. on that book now. No. Totally, totally. <laughs> He's like, I'm no, ready people will me. people will dig people will dig through it and, and see what's what. What? Yeah, it's, a good, it's a good time thing. So how was it chilling with uh, Big Uncle Snoop, Snoop a Loop? I would say that I had an extremely uh, chill and like perfect kind of partnership there because I was involved, but I, the, his management team was so aware of like moments that he was into doing a brainstorm session and moments where he just didn't want to think about that yeah. stuff. So I got put in the room when like everyone on the team was like, okay, Snoop's ready to like get creative and do some brainstorming and get something done, like go. You know what I mean? So I didn't have to deal with, you know, cause there's just so many requests and it's such a challenging thing to be in demand by that many people. Yeah, like, you 100%. know, there's there's just so much infrastructure you, you need to like make it make any sense at all. Yeah. Um, so again, I got put in the room in really opportune moments. Snoop and I collaborated on a cookbook. The book before this that I did was uh, the, from Cook to Cook. I was, I was sort of like the editor of the yes. project. I had the relationship with the publisher. We found the right writing team. We put together the photographer. We helped Snoop like kind of ideate into something that was like a full cookbook. Right. Um, put, the, put the ideas on paper. Yeah, just and just flesh it out. Flesh it out. So it's like a beautiful, amazing book. If you haven't checked it out from Crook the Cook, it's like, it's a really fun, interesting yeah. book that's unlike anything else. And it's turned into one of the biggest selling cookbooks of the last decade. What? Snoop Dogg's cookbook is one of like the top 10 <laughs> cookbooks of the last decade. That's fucking amazing, dude. That's great. That's great. <laughs> and, dude. you know, people want to cook with Snoop. So, and again, it was just such a, such a positive vibe. That's great. I mean, I'm sure working in music with all these artists and always smoking weed, your network is probably like legit as fuck. And I can't wait to see the success of your book when it releases in October. Where can people find it? Where can people get it? Where can you purchase? Um, so uh, the book is called How We Roll. Uh, it this is, is how we roll. Yes. This how we roll the art and culture of joints, blunts, and spliffs. Uh, it's coming out from Chronicle Books. Uh, it is available for pre-order right now. Uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, Target, uh, Rizzoli, oh. Rizzoli Books. You can you can order it from many online shops at this point, uh, and it will be in stores very soon. So right now, pre-ordering online is the. Uh, is the best way to do it. Is the way that that is how we roll. What? Uh, you doing the social media? You doing the websites? What you got? What you got, Noah Rubin? I don't know. Like I've been chill on social recently. I like I've had gone through moments where I'm like feeling so inspired by it, and then I go through moments where I just like feel like being in another headspace. And lately, I've been in another headspace, and I think a lot of it has to do with figuring this little guy out. But I do think that uh, they'll. Um, There'll be a moment where I figure out what exactly I want that to look like. How about yourself? Do you feel, do you feel inspired by the social media? Um, I am over Instagram. I feel but that. It's like a necessary evil that you kind of need. It's like a sickness. But I, I think have they call a, that a sickness, right? I mean, everyone... I mean, I don't need it. I'm over it. I don't want it. But for what we do, it's we kind of need to that not. platform to have it. To so I have, like, amazing people that, like, you know, help my presence be there and help me out like Matt Universal Studios uh, who uh, just do it but I love 
Twitch. That's my platform that I'm on a lot. Unfortunately, you know, we usually live stream this, but there's a outage, an internet outage in the area. So, uh, but uh, I love, I mean, I'm all about, you know, chilling and hanging and connecting with people all around the world. And social media is a great platform for that. Yeah. But with uh, what we do with cannabis, we get so many restrictions and obstacles and getting deleted multiple times with accounts that are, you know, over a hundred thousand followers, you just get unmotivated and just, you know, why bother makes you over it. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm just over, it's just, it's just upsetting that so many people rely on a platform that's only been around like less than like about a decade. I think we have. A, I think it's. A, I think it's an unhealthy relationship. Like that's. Yeah. It. It's, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, exactly. I don't know what the nuances are, but like, bottom line, like I think social media is just like an unhealthy relationship that we've all decided we need to be in. But uh, we have way more control than we know we do, and we all by default are just getting sucked into it constantly. Because um, we're getting forced to see things that we don't really care about, like. And the, al- and the algorithms are literally designed to like hack our psychology. Like yeah. it's literally designed, suggested to, based on dude, things you like. And I'm like, I don't. I want to see my friends. I don't want to see what you think. I want to see. I want to see what my friends, the people I choose to follow, are doing. I don't give a fuck about who you think I should follow. Yeah, I also think it's like, <laughs> I think our interests should be catered to, but I don't think they should be used like weaponized against us. You know what I mean? It's like. That shit is like literally they're using our own interests and our passions against us to make us addicted to something that like isn't really healthy for us. I miss MySpace. MySpace was again, MySpace Tom was didn't really force political agendas on you. No. Tom man. didn't Yo. force suggested people on you. Tom let you build he taught you how to write how to code. Yeah, CSS, bro. He like, taught you, you gotta get your CSS up. Tom Tom like was like, look, just create a free space for you and you know what? We'll add music with it. We'll fucking let you express yourself and do what you want. And then you know what? Tom saw what was happening, he sold that shit for half a billion and said, peace out. Yeah, I miss I, my space. I, I'm I'm not gonna disagree with you on that. I think there was something um, something kind of nice about that <laughs> moment. I guess we just didn't know where we were headed. We we're like, oh, this is cool, but then we it just got like bigger and yeah. grosser and like. I mean, I think that's that's. I feel like that brings us back to the whole cannabis because you know everyone we all fought for legalization and we thought it was cool, and you know 215 was great and I don't think we realized how good it was when the 215 days were here and now that it's legal. I'm speaking for California. It's just like being a lot harder for brands to survive, for comp- growers to survive, for uh, you know regular smokers to afford good quality cannabis because you know it's it's expensive, dog. It's crazy. It's crazy expensive. It's crazy, dude. We're living we're living in crazy times, but I think there's things that could be um, way better. But I think that there's still things that are good. So. There's, there's pros and cons to everything, you know, positive and negative. As long as you are using everything for the better and for good, then, you know, we ain't going to be mad at you, dude. If you out here selling our souls to motherfuckers based on AI technology, you better check yourself, dog. Just scary out here, dude. I don't even know who's real or who's fake. I don't. How do you know? Right. Cars driving themselves. I don't know if the people inside those cars are real. Are they clones? Are they AI robots? Are you guys testing some new shit? I don't know what's going on now. I relate. I mean, I relate to these feelings, though. Are you? Are you like conspiracies? No. Are you? I'm boring. I'm like. I'm like possible. You know what I mean? I'm like 
But I'm not gonna spend every waking hour being like, but that one thing. No, not like, like tin. Yeah, yeah, not like tinfoil. Again, I, I there's a lot of ideas people present them. I'm like, okay, theoretically, theoretically that could be possible. You know what I mean? But I'm not. I don't go deep with it. I'm like, I feel like I have friends who are very consumed by that. And o- octopus eye, octopus, octopus. Oh, it's plural. Octopuses, octopus eye, octopus. They're aliens, dude. Again, if you said that, oh, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can break it down for you. Like, there's so many ways, but dude, they're not from this planet. They're from a different part of whatever's out there. But that's a whole other show. I, I mean, should I eat them or not eat them? I mean, I don't eat. I mean, they're delicious, but I stopped eating them because I don't know what powers they possess. Uh, and when they come and, you know, start... Because t- they can walk on land and they live in water. You know that, right? And they change colors and they can, like, fit and they have a good... They're pretty advanced creatures. They're smart creatures. Yes. Very yes. advanced. And I, you watch this... Are you familiar with The Simpsons? I you, have heard of The Simpsons, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and you know how they predict the future and they have all these, like... Yes, I know ...things where they're like, oh, look, Simpsons did this 20 years ago. Yeah, but... Who are the aliens in The Simpsons? Oh, are there like octopus? Octopus and like little, yeah, dude. Matt Groening's on a whole little. Yeah, he was just trying to share with us things we needed to be aware of. Just be ready because when they come out, but that's a whole other show. Listen, we're getting to wrap it up. I think I got to wrap it up. Is that what that was? Was that the wrap it up, G? Listen, I feel like we could keep talking forever and know we're moving. I agree with that statement, Adam Mill. I appreciate you taking your time coming out here. How We Roll is going to be available October, October 4th. I'm high. I'm sorry. I've been smoking this whole time. You know, no they say that either. memory. October, but it's bullshit because I said it right. October 4th. How We Roll is going to be available. Check him out. Does he do social media? Uh, maybe. I don't Ish. know. Ish. At Real Noah Rubin, sort of. Sometimes. Check it out. Uh, I appreciate you coming by. You got a website? Just holler at me on Instagram. What? Real Noah Rubin. You should just, you know, get that website boom. And people can buy your books from the website. Again, I, a, again, October all, 4th, your... all that, all that stuff. The, the lights get flipped. Let's on go. October let's 4th. go. He's out here making it happen, dude. Yeah, we're lights on October. 4th. We're getting the exclusive. Buy right it from, here. buy it direct from the website. Adam Mill, you're forcing me to reveal my secret. No, you're good. You're good. Keep it. Keep it. I just like getting exclusives. You know what I'm saying? Dude, this like guy, it. the king of exclusives. Listen, Adam Ill, Ill, like, Ill, Ill. The, the Ill exclusives. You know the. Oh man. The Adam Ill exclusives. He's got the catchphrases and everything. Listen, what? It's regular. I appreciate you again coming by. Thank you, Adam. What? Check it out. How we roll by Noah Rubin. Available. Kentron. Yo. You good, dude? Oh, I'm you haven't taken off your shades the whole time. My hands busy. <laughs> Kentron, can you do a plug for my book? Like a little, just a vocal plug for my book. What you want me to say? Just like how we like sing. Just, <laughs> how we roll is dope. It's available October fourth. Pre-order now October at a store. 4th? Yeah. Okay, October fourth. Let me see the title of the book. I gotta read yeah, it. Here, no, yeah. Do you, you just, just freestyle a little. Free, I mean, come on, you got a flow, bro. I want to just if if you're cool with it. Me, like play the keyboard and then talk. I'm gonna we'll let Adam do it. Let do Adam do a freestyle. How about over the Kentron? My, my style's not oh, free. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's hear some right, music. Let's, let's hear the musical abilities right, of Noah right. Rubin. Need a faster beat? No, no, no. You're good. You're good. Yeah, I'll turn it up a little bit. Uh, Maybe Ken will do backup vocals. Hey. Uh, uh. Yeah. How we roll. Art and culture of joints, blunts, and splits. Coming soon to a bookstore near you. Pre-order it now on 
on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Rizzoli Books, or another fine bookseller near you. How We Roll is being published by Chronicle Books. From author Noah Rubin and illustrator Tasia Prince, the fascinating exploration of joint rolling traditions from around the world with humorous takes on tropes from weed culture. freestyle too let's go how we roll no, i'm just playing listen i appreciate all y'all hanging out with us right here hey radio appreciate you guys noah ruben again how we roll you already heard the commercial kentron thank you for tickling them ebony's and ivories what universal studios in the building you can watch this whole thing on youtube if you're listening to the audio and you want to see the visuals, check it out on YouTube, baby. Getting high with on YouTube. Appreciate y'all. It's the highest host, Adam L. Let's go, baby. I'll see you guys next time. Oh, real quick. Shout out to all the growers. You already know, baby. Appreciate y'all. Without you guys, none of us will be here. Getting high, living this life, writing books, smoking weed, having a whole fucking life of cannabis. I learned a lot, Noah Rubin. I learned a lot about you. I enjoyed myself once again, my friend. Oh, yeah. You always have a good time. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you.